0: Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash blue wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by M-Prize Bank, your partner Impossible. Coming up, the latest episode of the KCSN Draft Show, getting Chiefs Kingdom ready for the 2023 NFL Draft, Posted right here in Kansas City with the best analysis, interviews, and content you can find to stay up to date and in the know. With that said, let's begin the show. It's another episode of
2: the KCSN Draft Show presented by Miller Lite. Eric Galco, we are so close, my friend. What's good?
3: Yeah, two and a half weeks now until the draft comes to KC. Crazy. Wait. Let's
2: go. I just, I'm so excited, man. I just can't wait for everybody to see our city. Matthew Lane, I can't wait to see you. We're, you're going to be in town for,
4: for draft week as well. That That is true. I, I will be venturing back to Kansas City for draft week. I'm excited. for it. It's almost here we've kind of hit that slog in between like the combine and all the pro days and now just kind of waiting for the draft. And here on the outside, it, it feels like it lasts forever. It feels like it's like three months long. So I'm kind of, I'm ready for it. I'm ready to get there. Got a couple more weeks, week two and a half weeks. Just as a reminder, we're going to be at Power & Light all week
2: of draft week uh, draft weekend. So Thursday, we're going to be at Pizza Bar. Friday, Saturday, we are going to be at no other pub. It's going to be a lot of fun. Make sure you come hang out with us. Uh, there's also a party at Holiday Distillery as well for you to check out on Sunday. Trust me, you're not going to w- miss that. It's going to be, uh, it's going to be a good time. I, I can't wait. We're going to be breaking down the cornerbacks. Uh, there are a lot of cornerbacks to discuss. This is a really good cornerback. Is this? I mean, is this the deepest position in the draft, Galco? How close yeah. do you think it is?
3: Yeah. is to or it is. Uh, there you go. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it's clearly the one, and I think it's it's such an impressive group. That your initial thought is, all right, it's deep. So maybe some guys slip a little bit because teams get guys later. But like, no, my discussions with teams that's been like, nope, these guys are really good. And we're not going to let the guy that we like a lot fall in the draft at all. So I think you'll see more corners than we think in the first round. And then we'll see a lot go on day two and then a lot go on day three. And whoever's left will get a big PFA deal, but they'll be going early and often because teams really like this corner class. Um, and corners kind of one of those positions that,
4: you know, two corners can both be really good, but can be better for like entirely different schemes, right? So I think that kind of goes yeah. to the point that it's hard to just be like, oh, we like this class. We can find a guy we like later, but what if, you know, just those guys that would fit your scheme the best are gone? Like, you're not going to risk that happening. It's one of those few positions where every single player is not just going to essentially be plug and play. So, yeah, I, I think the guys will come off, interestingly enough, very athletic cornerback class, but very big. A lot of yeah. big, really long, physical corners in this class. I mean, that's good for the NFL. That's where they want to be. It just, it seems like it's been a couple years since we've had a corner class, not even just this good, but this big and athletic.
3: Yeah. No, I mean, it's, it's probably a little short on nickel corners, which I'll talk to some of those guys a little bit later on, too. But to that point, that's position has been maybe a stronger part of corners of the last couple of years of drafts. But now uh, this year's got three, four guys who can play nickel in the NFL early on. So that's like the weird give and take. And those guys will go early than we expect, too. But no, all in a lot of long, athletic, physical guys, and it's probably coming a good time because we've seen like unbelievable receiver classes the last three years. So NFL teams definitely need some corner help because there's a lot of impressive receivers out there.
2: You know, if you're just looking at some of the mock drafts out there, if you're looking at just like it, you could, you could put together a list of eight, nine, ten names that have seen their way into the first round of various people's mocks, like. And that's what's so crazy about this 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 draft too like you guys kind of point to type fitting to a team, you know different styles of, of player there's there's a lot of players to choose from if I set the over under at I'll be aggressive six and a half cornerbacks taken is it is it the under or is
3: it the over in the first round yes, in the first round um I'd probably say i'd probably say. The over, that's probably mm. tight. I mean, s- seven would be a lot of corners, right? That'd be, what's that? My math is bad now, right? That's that's a little less than a fourth of the first round would be corners. But it's almost, it's like 22% yeah, of them. Yeah. yeah, yeah it's yeah, aggressive. Yeah. That's why I said I it's aggressive. Fractions. I wasn't good at fractions. Um, no, I think it's, I- I'm hesitating because like I think the number is going to be six. And as we said on the offensive tackle, you know, episode right too, it's like teams that are playoff teams always want more linemen and more DBs. So, I could definitely. See, I can tell you seven names. I think are very much in play, and there's probably one guy that could be a surprise. But uh, yeah, I think seven's really realistic, which is crazy. Uh, that's that's go. a
4: hefty number. Uh, I mean, like, that like, to have you to blind it? So okay, I mean, that, uh, me,
3: there's there, so... there's five guarantees I think that are going to go first round for my discussion. Like, no matter what, and I think there's three, four more guys that definitely right. could be there. I'm not going to be there. It's crazy.
4: So yeah, no, I mean, we want to get to that second group. So I'm just gonna run through like the guys that I think we're probably looking at as the guarantees here: Christian Gonzalez out of Oregon, Devin Witherspoon out of what? Syracuse, Joey Porter Jr. out of Penn State. Is Cam Smith out of South Carolina? Is he one of these locks, or do you have no. him in that second group? No, okay, not a lock. No. So Keely Ringo, Georgia,
3: not a lock, but in the mix.
4: No, Both in the mix. Deontay Banks, Maryland. And then, I mean, who's next? DJ Turner in Michigan? Is he getting any first no, round ones? On? I, I, I have a couple. Yeah? No, no, I, I have a couple. Okay. I mean, I'm just reading yeah. down a list. I wasn't gonna... guessing. I was just reading straight down. Can I guess now, though?
2: Yeah. Yes. Okay. I could see Emmanuel
3: Forbes getting in there. No?
2: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Is he a lot?
3: Yeah. I, I, I think there's enough NFL excitement about him that, yeah, I, I think he's going to go first.
2: Okay. And so – this is crazy. And,
3: uh, other look, there's going to throw Julio Lorenzo out. That's just the height the one, I, wait, so one he, that I I we talked about go a while time. back. I I think he's awesome. I think he's one of the best. I think he's in the upper echelon tier, maybe not in Gonzalez or Witherspoon tier because they were so dominant this year, but I think Brents could be a really special corner and I I think he's a slam dunk first round pick. I think he's going to go there as well too. So those are those are the five. Gonzalez, Witherspoon, Porter, Brents and Forbes, I think are the five I feel pretty confident going first round and then Guys like you mentioned, Ringo, Corey Trice, yeah. um, Cam Smith. I think I missed somebody else too, but a number of guys like Banks. No, he's in the top 5 he It'll oh, be sorry. I must have missed. But we're we'll, we'll our names out here too. But that's five points at five locks and four more guys who could definitely go. It's crazy.
4: Well, and that's crazy though. Like you told us, you know, we we were trying to guess five locks, and we went through what like nine yeah. to get there. And, <laughs> exactly. even, and even the guys that are wrong, like okay, maybe they're not going to the first round, but these are still quality oh, prospects yeah. that are probably yeah. going early second round. Because I mean, like. Yeah. DJ Turner might be one of the better. You talked about earlier, there's not a lot of nickel corners. He might be one of the guys that better profiles in this entire class as a slot 100%. corner going into the NFL. So, like, there's so much talent in this position here, and, and it makes so much sense that, in the and theoretically, you're like, oh, I'll catch somebody good in the second round. I'll sit there and I'll catch my DJ Turner, my Cam Smith in the second round, but you don't want to risk it. You don't want to risk missing out on all these guys, and I like, just think there's so many different levels to it. So it's, it's going to be fun to watch the corners come off because there's been a while since we've seen this many guys
3: yeah no I mean there's a and i, I did uh, you know I do kind of internally uh, unexpected team needs and how teams might prioritize them i think teams from my estimation have planned accordingly. I think a lot of teams also need corners and need nickel corners, I think that's why we'll see a lot of these guys go early off and so you mentioned deepest i think on a on a draft historical standpoint, this will be among the higher ends for corners for sure both in first round throughout the whole draft it's it's a loaded class no it it really is um
2: I, I have another so I, another thought. If I said yeah. the over-under...
3: Yes. We're gambling tonight. We uh, it's just, yeah.
2: this just great. This is a fun, fun game <laughs> because, like you said, hey, look, we're going to see six, yeah. maybe seven corners in the first round. If I said the over-under on first cornerback taken at six and a half in the draft draft spot
3: under. on what you take under. under. So if you think we're getting yeah. out... We, yeah. Yeah. I, I think oh, yeah. the first seven picks will be three quarterbacks, Will Anderson, Tyree Wilson... And the two corners, I think, will be the first seven picks. And maybe, you know, maybe a fourth quarterback gets in there. I don't I don't think so, but we'll see. And maybe that makes it a little tighter too. But that feels like what the first seven picks of the draft are gonna be. Um, yeah. pretty confidently. So I like Christian. I don't think you're
4: getting by the Lions. I don't think you're getting by the Lions like after that pick without at least one corner
3: off. Or yeah, or if the Lions straight up for somebody the, I mean the Cardinals could use a corner. Yeah. The Colts need a corner in the worst way. Right, Seahawks corners probably in need at some point too in the draft. Maybe if they're just say, hey, you know, we'll trade back a little bit and take Gonzalez, that makes some sense. The Lions have an opening too. The Raiders, need like all the all the teams picking after the first two, could all say corners are biggest need. We wouldn't be surprised. So um, that's why I feel pretty good about those two guys going going you know, in mm-hmm. the top seven picks.
2: See, I think there's kind of if you're looking at from like a Kansas City Chiefs perspective, yeah, you have hit. At corner in a very big way, three corners in one draft that can play. Yeah. There's a little bit of, you know, Legere Sneed's moving on next year if you don't re- sign him to extension. Uh, this is a deep class with a lot of talented players. And I just look at, I'm either, it's, you could, value could fall to the Chiefs at 31 at the cornerback position, or you're just rooting for seven. You're rooting for seven off the board so the Chiefs can go and address, you know, a, a different position. I find it kind of interesting that one of the known top 30 visits of the chiefs had is cam smith out of south carolina i just just the fact that they were bringing him in for that just just kind of interested me a little bit you know just because you're looking at this this group and i mean it's it's a great group and it's a lot of talent and who knows if the chiefs are are more in on cornerback well, just because of the
3: talent and i think he he's a classic people a guy that hey i don't think these guys are going to fall but man like we just named all those guys and what if he's the ninth corner, 10th corner, 11th corner, like the 11th corner comes off somewhere in the third round most years, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, one of these guys, I don't think they're going to, but one of these guys may fall, right? We did Corey Trice, who I think is outstanding as well. He might be an early second round pick. Um, Tyree Stevenson has some fans on the league too. Keetrel Clark and Makai Blackman, both good nickel corners. Terrell Smith is an athlete. Like these guys, I could see a team's being like, that's a good fit for us. And then Cam Smith's there in the late second round, and the Chiefs say, hey, we can't pass in that kind of guy. So, I think that team's doing a lot of homework on this cornerback group, especially that kind of second tier, because they don't know who's going to be there at the end of round two, and that's what's exciting about it.
4: So I want to ask you a philosophical question about how you think an NFL team would approach this. Like, In the Chiefs' shoes, they just had this draft last year where they hit essentially on three corners, or it looks like they're on their way to hitting. But how much still question is there going to be? Because it's only been one year. We don't know what's going to happen for you. We are talking about two of these guys were day three picks. You don't know what that projection, that development's going to be like. So if you're, you know, in this chief's front office and you're going into this draft, are you thinking, do we we have the cornerback room kind of set? We have our future for the cornerback room kind of set. Or are you still thinking, well, we don't know what these guys can be. Two of them were these later round picks. Do we maybe consider just continuing to add top end talent to this just in case it ends up not working out?
3: So I, I know how a couple of teams kind of build their on the pro personnel that are building their roster and and you kind of have not only two boards, right? But you got your depth chart of your 90 players and then you kind of have, whether it's in your head or color and Miracle or some teams actually have a separate thing where it's like, this guy's part of our long-term future, right? The next three to five years. And I think that's where I'm not sure the Chiefs have like, hey, do we think that the, you know, the corners that they have are actually long-term answers or are these just guys on the rookie contracts that we just hit on? And like, thank God we did because we had no depth and we're good. So, I think that goes back to, hey, just because you hit on any draft pick doesn't extinguish a need if a value is really there, right? If you think Cam Smith is an NFL starting corner, Jalen Watson was awesome as a starter this year, but maybe he's going to be just as good as a backup And you add Cam Smith and then that becomes a strength, right? You don't want to have a whole roster. I learned that a long time ago. You don't want to have a whole roster of pretty goods, right? You got to have some really special units. The Seattle Seahawks had a really special pass rush. And that made their linebacker when they were a dynasty, right? And that made a corner shot much easier. And Brandon Bronner became a guy because pass rush so good, right? So, like, you kind of have to say, hey, if this could be a strength. I think for the Chiefs, like, you know what? Corner's not a weakness anymore. We add another top-tier talent. Maybe that's one of our best units, and that can take some pressure off the pass rush, which may be lacking for the future, too. So, there's a lot of different tra- strategies to do it. But I, I, what I know from teams is if they kind of say, is this guy part of our long-term future? And that really helps them address some of the draft-based needs as you kind of look at that piece of it.
2: And I, like that's where it's like it's it's such of an important position too. Like I think yeah, continuing to invest in in high positional value is just it's it's smart business. Like I think that's just a good approach to it. So, you know, there could be value that falls to the Chiefs. There's a ton of value day two and day three of this draft potentially at the cornerback position.
1: We're going to talk about it right after this. A sports network for today's fan. KC Sports Network podcast, YouTube, social media, live shows.
0: Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for the Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix.
5: Kansas City, the NFL draft is almost here. It's a fantastic time for our city. Make sure you're staying locked into us here at KC Sports Network because we've got the draft covered. Chiefs have 10 picks. We'll see how many they actually use, but there's one selection that every football fan can share, and that's an ice-cold Miller Lite. The players change, the coaches change, the rules change, but Miller Lite is still the perfect beer for draft time, game time, and everything in between. Personally, when I want a beer with some flavor, but it's also light and won't make me feel bad, Miller Lite has been a go-to. It's light on calories, not taste. What's the point of drinking beer if you can't taste it? Till kickoff comes around again, enjoy the beer that tastes like the season. Miller Lite. Great taste, 96 calories. To get Miller Lite delivered right to your door, visit MillerLite.com KCSN. Or you can pick up some Miller Lite pretty much anywhere they sell beer. It's Miller time. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories and 3.2 carbs per 12 ounces. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network. Hit the
2: like button. Hit the subscribe button if you are watching it. uh, this. Appreciate everybody that has been hanging out with us. Obviously, hey, we can't wait for the draft to get here. Make sure you're checking us out at Power & Light uh, and on the KCSN YouTube channel all weekend. Also, hey, draft guide's available. It released last week. Make sure you check that out. $12.99 gets you 300-plus pages of Chiefs-specific draft content. So, we just got done kind of talking about the round 1 group. Uh, you know, it's interesting you say Galgo that, you know, there's probably going to be a lot of corners that still fly off the board early just because they don't want to skip on all those guys, but even if a lot of guys fly off the board, there's just a, there's a lot of there's still a lot of good players up and down this board. And again, I'm not just going to like pat you on the back too hard, so like just prepare and brace yourself, but I thought I thought you had a great group of I thought you had a yeah. great group of corners. Uh, at the East West Shrine Bowl, some guys that have definitely had great processes, but also some guys that kind of surprised us, I think, when we were down there watching great interviews too that we really enjoyed talking to after as well. So, um you know, one guy that really stood out, uh, Keytrail Clark, he brought him up already. Yeah. Uh, he was one of our, he was, a, he was a fun interview. I thought he had a really good
3: process there at the East West Shrine Bowl. I think he had a good process period. Yeah, no, he's t- he tested well afterwards, as well too. But I think Keytrill is is first off a, a leader for that team, and I think the Louisville staff, I mean, just raved about him. Dion Branch, they're one of their their player engagement, having their head coach for the bowl game. I mean, we talked for like thirty minutes about kind of the person that he is and his style. I think NFL teams, he's a pro right away. And and the Shrine Bowl, he was dominant all week long at nickel on the outside and. I things to address he's a lighter guy, so he was very open about getting better in the run game. He showed that during the week of practice there too. But a great process. I think he's the best nickel on the draft. Him, Makai Blackman, uh, Javius Hodges Tomlinson. You mentioned DJ Turner who can play some slot as well, too. So they're all good nickels. But after those guys, in terms of guys that have play nickel, it kind of falls off a little bit, which is why I think Keith is gonna be a top 100 pick because he's you know he's a plug and play NFL starter at nickel, and that's really valuable. And you know, the weight and the way he plays, and the nickel transition, but can play outside. It reminds me a lot of Jack Jones from a year ago with the East-West Shrine Bowl, and fell the fourth round because teams have lingering questions there too, but he ended up being a starter for the Patriots. Like, I think that's kind of Keith clarks destiny as well, so he's going to be a stud.
4: Talks just as much trash on the field, which is always a yeah. bonus as Jack Jones did. Um, I, I think it was really good for Keith Clark. clark know he got injured last year, and he came back, and they kind of put him in the slot for the first time, so it's good that he has that experience playing outside and inside you know as a nickel so he can do a little bit of both you're not going to draft him with the sole purpose of knowing you have to stick him on the inside yeah he's a little bit lighter it might be his better spot but having a guy with that demeanor with that play style that can kick inside or play outside I think that does help his kind of draft value a ton there's some other smaller corners you know later in the draft that are going to be nickels only and I think with Clark, you don't have to draft him as just that so like I think that's a big bonus for him I, dude,
2: I was kind of impressed with some of his press reps at the line of scrimmage, yeah. honestly. Like, he held up pretty well there. And, like, that just checks, like, two points. It just checks another box for him. I I wouldn't be stunned. I mean, I don't know if he, I, do you think he sneaks in a day, too? I think he's probably a round four guy for me personally, but do you think there's a chance he's sneaking
3: no, in the I, day, No, I absolutely. I mean, you mentioned, like you said, DJ Turner's, I think a guy that teams like on the outside, but can play nickel, but after him, I think Makai Blackman of USC is a good corner as well and can play nickel as well. Did it at Colorado, did it at USC. Keitrell, I think, is, I'm biased, a notch better than, than Blackman. I think he just can play a little more, you know, officially in the slot. And then Hodges Tomlinson at TCU is a guy that some teams have to come up with being a little bit smaller. But he's, and like after that, it kind of falls off. You know, the cornerback as a, as a class is very strong. Nickel is not in terms of NFL projections. So I think those guys get pushed up a little bit. And I, I think he's going to go, late day two just based off some of the grades I've heard but if he goes on day three he'll be one of the first guys at four at day three I, d- I can see a team like moving up for him in the fourth round to make sure he's not all too far if he's there I'm kind of curious from from your perspective is Trey, H- Trey Hodges
2: Tomlinson the highest drafted cornerback from the Shrine Bowl this year I, there's a couple of names I could see it's, so
3: yeah it's a, I mean him uh, Keitrell Makai Gardner um, you know answered some speed questions from LSU he's really impressive he was great this year Terrell Smith of Minnesota I think talking with teams, he's probably got the best chance to be the first one taken just because mm-hmm. there are some really, really high grades on him around the league. Um, and he's physical, outside corner, compressed, and he's a 100-meter dash champion. So, um, But I, I think Haddad Tomlinson, there, is, there are some teams that really say, like, he fits our scheme, he's athletic, he can move, he was productive, he won the freaking Jim Thorpe Award, like, let's not overthink this. And I, I think he could be a guy that sneaks into round two. With how much some teams like him. But I think all four of those guys have a really, really good chance of being any picked from anywhere between 55 and and 100 picks overall.
4: Well, I was glad you missed, mentioned Terrell Smith because we were talking at the top of the show about it's a very big athletic cornerback class. But if you do miss on those guys in round one or maybe at the beginning of round two, he's kind of one of those next names that's going to come up there if you're getting – if you're looking for a big, long, physical, athletic corner, he's definitely a guy to keep an eye on there. And I think I mean, starting maybe even late round two, but into round three, I would not be shocked at all to see his name come off there. He's a physical guy. He'll come up and play the run. He can turn and run. Worded. Like He can kind of do everything you want and has the eyes you want to see. So like, that would be the guy I think I would place my money on. Uh, we like to talk about betting a lot before we start the show, so he'd be kinda I'd place my money on be the first corner just from that group but not that anybody else is any worse it's just that's the profile that i think the nfl likes to chase at the corner spot and if you miss out on those top guys that have a similar profile he makes a
3: lot of sense to kind of get pushed up a little bit more because of it i think uh same way that julius brantz is like not appreciating nothing he's gonna go first round i think terrell's gonna be a second round pick and people are gonna be like that's so surprising and then you think about it like (laughs) that 6-1 runs a 4-3 for (laughs) your starter like Sometimes scouting is not that hard <laughs> for him to do so. Like
4: 33-inch long arms. Like, yeah, it kind of checks yeah.
3: every single box. You'll yeah, play. it's pretty easy. Yeah, exactly. Maddie,
2: would you la- Would you have an outside corner or more of a nickel profile added to this roster?
4: I mean, I guess for the Chiefs, you- another outside corner because that's where they have their biggest questions, right? Like we were talking about, you don't know what Jalen Watson or Joshua Williams are going to be part of your long-term plan. I feel pretty confident that Trent McDuffie's in the long-term plan, and I, I know that he can play the slot or outside, Legereus Sneed, whether he's here or not, he gives you slot outside versatility. I think you would just be looking if you were the Chiefs trying to potentially add another body, you know, to the boundary, get another big, long physical corner. You know, Steve Spagnuolo was those kind of guys. I tend to
2: agree with you. I wouldn't be stunned to see them grab either, though. Like, I could still see just. Maybe you want, you know, like you, you think, you, you believe Trent McDuffie can play a little bit more outside in base, kind of the Legarius Sneed role moving forward if you're not re-signing Legereus Sneed. So you're adding a little bit more nickel depth to your group for the long term. Like, I wouldn't be stunned to see either. I tend to lean outside corner, though, with you, though, just because, I mean, and it's it's never a bad thing to add those kind of guys. Like, yeah, I got Terrell Smith, like, in the mix at cornerback for the Chiefs. Like, it makes a ton of sense. and adds a ton of competition in depth to a group that is still young and pretty unproven. Like, that's the other the thing. tricky
4: part with the Chiefs and the slot, too, their nickel corner's not a cover guy. He's kind of got to be able to do it. He's got to be able to blitz. He's got to be able to play the runs. Like, you can't just find, not that, you know, all nickel corners can't do that. Obviously, the Chiefs have found guys that do a lot of that other stuff, but that's just the tricky part about adding someone there. You have to feel very confident about them doing everything besides coverings. Like, I think that's why it's kind of hard to see them replacing McDuffie there after he already got Sneed kicked out, but we'll see.
2: Yeah, and I'm not saying... I think he'll be in there anyway when it's all said and done, but... um, Okay, so I'd like to... There's a couple guys that I do want to talk to you about. Starling Thomas, did he have the best week of any quarterback there? Because like he was he was outstanding. I thought at the East West Shrine.
3: Bowl. Yeah, and ran ran a four four pro day as well too. When he was a non combine guy, which was a bummer for him. I think we were really impressed there as well too. But he was really impressive all week long. And we've had a good run of, of you know Alabama Birmingham guys come to the Shrine Bowl and, and play well and, and get drafted. So I think he's. He was in a great spot. Again, not being a common invite, I think, really just hurt him because he had to do a lot more. 30 visits and teams that, you know, non-combine guys, where it really hurts is that unless you're considered a really, really top player, you're aligned on 30 visits to be a top four or five-round pick. But I think he's a guy that gets drafted. I mean, he's too impressive physically. He was too good that week. I think he answered a lot of questions too. But he was one of the guys, I think, that definitely one of the five or six guys overall that really made a huge jump in how teams kind of perceive them leaving the week practice for sure.
4: I just have another rogue guy not connected to Sterling Thomas and all that I want to ask about. Yeah. Darius Rush is a guy that I think I, I struggled a little bit with watching because you can still tell that he transitioned to corner a little bit later. I feel yeah. like some of the instinct stuff, some of his spacing and stuff is so off, but we speak it a lot big, long, athletic guy, so it's hard to be too down on him. It's just I. it felt like he really still didn't figure out the corner position. I know he switched from wide receiver to corner while at South Carolina. Just, I was kind of hoping to, th- I think, see a little bit more than he kind of caught fire here in the draft process down the
3: stretch. Yeah, I mean, he's he certainly has a ton of upside to keep getting better. That's a good approach where Rush is that he's going to be a much different guy a year and a half from now than he is right now, but he's <clears throat> he was a leader on the team. Um, he was one of the best athletes on the team right? Like he's a guy that I think that program, when I talked to them, like felt like, Hey, he's going to be a big deal. Like he's going to be an NFL player for a long time. If we could have him for a couple more years, <clears throat> that'd be a huge help. But he was an injury in college in 2020 transition receiver. Like there's a lot of reasons to think that he's not who he's going to be in, in a year and a half from now too. So I there's upside there. I think he's still more of a mid day three guy for that reason. Cause he can't play him as a rookie. But I think for the Chiefs as an example, Hey, if you think John Watson can start another year, like Baby Rush is a fifth, sixth-round pick that you stash for a year, and by that playoff time, he's um, ready to go. So he's he's definitely one of the more intriguing corners in this draft, I think, especially on day three. If I remember, <laughs> you had a lot
4: of special teams pro- project- production, while South yep. Carolina too, which is a huge thing for a guy that's going to be potentially going in day three. Sorry, Ken.
2: 100%. No, I, you were going to cut me off. I was just going to cut all of us off and take a break. We'll be back right after this. You're listening to KC
1: Sports Network. We'll be right back after this.
6: Folks, i got to tell you about today's sponsor, and that is Athletic Greens. I've been taking AG1 by Athletic Greens literally every day, and I gave it a try because I wanted to get that better gut health. I wanted to uh, have the sustained energy. you got to support the immune system, especially this time of the year. And I hated taking all those pills and vitamins to actually get all those supplements, and it tastes great as well. I take it in the morning before I start my day, before I make that cup of coffee, and it makes me feel ready to take on everything that we've got going on here at KCSN. And you know, all great athletes take care of their body. I'm not the same kind of athlete as Patrick Mahomes, but I still like to take care of my body. And that's when I, I've been going to AG1. That's why I'm a huge fan. You get all that nutrition in just one little cup. It's it's a great great for long-term gut health support, as well with 75 high-quality ingredients that give me key daily nutrients. If a comprehensive solution is what you need from your supplemental routine, that Athletic Greens is giving you a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. Go to athleticgreens.com slash KCSN. That's athleticgreens.com slash KCSN. Check it out. You ready?
1: Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the Fall Guy.
6: We'll do it later. Let's drink a
0: spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes!
2: Hit the like button, hit the subscribe button if you are watching. Appreciate everybody. Make sure you are subscribed so you get all of the sweet, sweet draft content we have over the rest of the month of April. Just kind of breaking down this cornerback class, looking at it. Riley Moss is still a cornerback for us, Galco. Yeah. Are we crazy?
5: <laughs> um,
3: no, no, he's played corner. I think that Iowa defense is... Uh, allows a lot of cover too right so you're kind of allow it to be a little more physical and, and not be as reliant on going vertical and I'm not trying to typecast him too but he can definitely run and he's shown he's athletic enough to to play downfield too so yeah I think he's a corner depending on your scheme but I think a lot of teams you he's just he's a corner safety not a nickel right but kind of one of those guys that's a weird corner safety which kind of becoming more of a thing as teams play a little more aggressive upfield you want a corner who can tackle and maybe go to safety a little bit too, but. I would say he probably gets worked out at both when he goes to a team, and he's going to be, again, he'll be a day three guy, so he can make a roster on special teams and adding versatility, and I think team-wise we'll find out, like, hey, if he's going to be a corner, it'll be the team that drafts him, but it's it makes it both from teams, to answer your question. I, I think he's a safety, but I'm not, you know, I'm not scouting for a particular scheme, so I, I can definitely see a team saying, hey, he's a corner for us.
4: Are there any other corners in this class that play corner in college for the most part that you kind of also have pegged that you think might be best suited to sliding over to safety? Um, I mean, you know, buy you a time here. One guy that I kind of thought was a uh, Kidrin Smith uh, out of Kentucky. Yeah. I, he, he played safety, I think, early in his career. Um, and then he switched to corner a little bit, so he kind of played both. But he has that really long kind of build, and he showed some ability to play man coverage. But you probably feel a lot better if he's only playing man coverage, maybe. Out of the slot versus big slot guys, or a tight end rather than on the boundary versus some corners, but his tackling and his physicality, just he's a guy that looks like his athletic profile might be better. It's safety. Is there anybody else out in this draft class that kind of jumps out to you in that way?
3: Uh, Derek Tavis Martin at Illinois, I think he could do it. Um, I think he could transfer over. He's he's a bigger dude. I think uh, you know, one guy that made the transition from corner to safety during the draft process at the Shrine Bowl. Not to do Shrine Bowl again, sorry. Uh, Art Green from Houston. Yeah. Um, he I thought he you know we had uh williams the Williams williams there before me and him talked about art and art was just i think he's super athletic and long and he looks part of a corner and he just the film wasn't complete this year wasn't consistent and he made this into transition to safety at the hula bowl and art was on our radar already but at the hula bowl he like was like holy shit this guy may be a really athletic safety i think mean, he i mean he's gonna be a draft pick and maybe a fourth fifth round pick because he's so athletic high character guy no injury issues like i'm an athletic like he's a 10 out of 10 for most teams in terms of athlete and he made a transition to safety at the shrine bowl, and that's not the same as Armani Rogers, who played tight end last year for the first time ever at the Shrine Bowl, but Art's never played safety before and kind of figured it out. So it's kind of a testament that like, hey, if you're athletic enough and you can be a little physical in the run game, that transition is not as hard to make it out to be sometimes. But Art's probably the best example of a guy that's only going to be a safety in the NFL. will be a fourth, fifth round pick because of the transition to safety early in the draft process. So there's one guy that I wanted to ask you about for sure. Uh, just because there's, there's one guy too that I want to give talk about a little bit after this too, because one guy we haven't talked about yet that deserves way more attention. Oh, isn't it crazy if it's the same guy. I was, he, gonna he was gonna ask. Awesome. I was gonna ask you that question anyway, but yeah. this is
2: perfect. Okay. This is why this is why we're just we're yeah. just on firing all those slimmers on the show. There's a local kid, uh, believe it or not, went to Baser High School here in the okay. KC Metro. Oh. It's Eric Scott out of Southern Miss. Yeah. So what? How, how's that
3: process been for him? Have you got good feedback on his outlook? Yeah, we have. And and Eric, and I was actually talking with the, a team the other day about kind of our Shrine Bowl process and how it works this year is a lot of our first invites to players are mix of our grades. There's a lot of guys that are like, like Zay Flowers. I didn't have to ask any NFL team if they thought he was good. I was pretty sure on that one, right? But a lot of our first invites are guys that area scouts also seem to agree with and work with teams on that. And then, as you guys saw, a lot of guys go back to school. I play an all-star game, so there's always a second wave. And a lot of those second waves are the guys that, hey, area scouts sometimes be damned. Like, these are guys that we like. And Eric was in one of those guys because we thought, hey, the film was too impressive. Like, we thought he was really impressive. He showed that with the vertical and broad jump that were among the best corners in the draft. But really physical. I think there's speed questions there, understandably, too. But physical, shutdown guy did not allow, I think he only allowed like 25, 30 targets all season, right? Like, he was like, really like not even targeting that defense at all. Watching those, like, just a lane game. I forgot what number Eric Scott was while I was watching it because he wasn't targeted the whole game. I think he showed that he's the speed's going to be a question for a lot of teams, but I hope he gets drafted. I think he will get drafted because the, the vertical jump and broad jump and the Shrine Bowl week and the film this year was too impressive. But he's a guy that probably deserves a lot more attention for sure.
4: It, it was nice watching him at the Shrine Bowl because it was a guy that was very physical, like without having seen him before, kind of we got there too much. Seeing him get up there and challenge, you know, any wide receiver lining up across from him in a pretty good, you know, wide receiver group there, and he was physical, good press technique, and then you could see that explosion. Like, you no know, first couple steps, he could undercut a route, he could stay right there, stride for stride with somebody. So he really did impress me there for a guy I hadn't seen a whole lot, and it was it was nice to see him test pretty well for that coming into the rest of the process and kind of keep some of that momentum moving forward. Doug
3: uh, sure. Gal- I don't want to catch you off guard with this question. Yeah. I've already been oh. caught off guard three times by Maddie, so you'll be you'll be fine. So, yeah. no, who's no, a corner that transitioned to safety? You got three seconds. Yeah. <laughs> I bought you sometime. <laughs> this I, is very clear. We don't prep before it. It's all they're all they're all top of the head here. So, anyways, go ahead. As we shouldn't, the best content is <laughs> exactly exactly. Uh,
2: just I don't want to blindside you with this, but um, who's a, who's a cornerback that we're not talking enough about?
3: Uh, I, I mentioned him in passing earlier. I think Corey Trice of Purdue is in that same top tier group as Joey Porter Jr., Julius Brents, oh, wow. Deontay Banks. I think he's really, really impressive. And it's hard because his 2021 film was good, but not consistent enough. And then in 2022, he was dealing with an injury most of the season. And like, I always go back and talk to teams about this. Like, his Syracuse game, he was probably at 40, 50%. But he was just shutting guys down, press, physical, eliminating players that whole game. And he was like banged up all year. And Corey is a great dude. I still talk to Corey all the time. He was going to come to Shrine Bowl, but he wanted to get 100% because he was still banged up. And it was an easy conversation. Totally get him in, get right. And we watch films still about some of the teams that might draft him. But like, I think that guy is a first round pick all day. I think he doesn't get talked about enough. I saw someone the other day had mentioned him as a, you know, a day three sleeper. I almost blocked that person on Twitter, like automatically. I was so mad. So. No, he he's a guy that again, I, I I love Julius Brands I think he's he's a top tier player as well, too. But Corey Trice is I think we'll look back in a year or two and be like, that guy fell into the third round. I don't know what's gonna happen, but like he's gonna be one of the better corners this year's draft. If he's the best corner in this year's draft, I won't be shocked. That's how talented I think Corey Trice can be now that he's fully healthy.
4: And so hearing, you know, you saying that how injured he was, that kind of makes sense. Because watching him this year, I it something seemed a little bit off. Uh, most of the time, yeah. what I felt when he had to turn and run and really start to play the ball downfield, there wasn't a limitation doing it, but it just looked it looked a little clunky. He looked uncomf- very uncomfortable trying to turn and yeah. run and then play the ball downfield and some of his changing of direction. So hearing that this was something that was bothering him because of an injury, that makes a lot more sense for why some people are going to be a little bit higher. And I did know last year, because I had watched him a little bit coming into this year, it was inconsistent. The traits were all there and he was kind of on this list of guys that I think might really shoot up, and then the, the draft board coming into the season, playing through an injury probably doesn't help the film aspect of that. It's so like, it is good to hear that, because I definitely felt like there was some, he didn't even look like the same players I saw last year, and it's like, hmm, what do I do with this going forward? I did not know the injury was that bad, though.
3: Yeah, it just it just lingered all year, and it just hurt his downfield yeah. transition stuff, and that's all it was, too. I, I, I heard from a yeah, I saw it on Twitter, talked to somebody about it, but told made the Antonio Cromartie comp and I was like, that's it. Like he's a like Drice the guy that could erase people with physicality. And like you want to go on a fade run on him, like you're totally effed, right? Like it's not gonna happen. Quick slant, not gonna happen. So like I think he's again, I think he's a, it could be a dominant player. I think a lot of other bigger corners, they could misstep sometimes and get beat on quick slants. i tell you beat those kind of guys, but I don't think you'd be able to Corey Dryce. So he's one of the most athletic corners in this draft class, and then he was finally healthy for the combine process. So He's a guy, again, I, I appreciate the, the 45 seconds of minute on him, but, like, I think he's an awesome, awesome player. He's going to be a long-time NFL starter. He'll be one of the best corners in this year's draft class. I mean, 6'3", 206, 32 and a half inch
2: arms. Not hard sometimes, Kent. Not hard sometimes. <laughs> 4.4740. I, you know, yeah. That's a that's a guy you might swing on. We'll, uh, we'll see where Corey Trice is drafted in a couple weeks. That's going to be it for the KCSN Draft Show. Thank you all so much for listening.
1: Catch you later. KC Sports Network.